Good morning, everyone. Hope everyone's doing great. Welcome to our podcast today. This is Coach Eric Johnson, known as The Brand. And this is Coach Aaron Thigpen, The Source. Today, guys, we've got another installation of our Parents Take uh, <laughs> series. Uh, we've got Deontay Thompson, um, father of Isaiah Thompson. Um, you've probably seen, or hopefully you've seen or heard our other podcast with uh, Isaiah and his dad. Um, Isaiah is a very accomplished ball player. He's going to Cal State Fullerton, uh, member of the area code team and many other uh, baseball honors. And um, in the past, we've talked about his journey. And today we want to actually talk about uh, someone who's traveled that journey with them, his parent. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this is probably even more valuable, uh, especially to your parents out there and, and how to navigate uh, your athlete, your ball player through what can be pretty intimidating, losing, maddening, and all the other things uh, about baseball, travel baseball, high school baseball, and and you know that whole thing um what i think is not necessarily unique but it's 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 a bonus for us is that he's got a younger brother kai <laughs> right and um isaiah has a younger brother kai and um so you know one reason why i wanted to have deontay back on is to say hey okay you've gone through this process and it's not over but you've yeah. gone through this process with isaiah and now you've got a little one coming up and what's he's 10? 11, just made 11. 11. Okay, he's 11. And, and so now you're starting all over again. And, you know, hey, what are the lessons learned from, you know, you kind of had to wing it because, you know, like you said before, you weren't a baseball player, you haven't gone through this, kind of had to learn by doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what were some of the things that looking back now is like, hey, I ain't doing that again. Or like, no. hey, that worked, you know? <laughs> so this is a great opportunity for us to talk about that and, and for our parents to learn uh, from that. Yeah, first, thank you for having me back on. Um, I had a blast last time. I'm glad I'm in my home, not in my car, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a lot, you know, I think Let, that- Let's, I'll Go start ahead. with some softball questions. Yeah, there you now, go. It's there early. You. It's nine o'clock, guys. Softball. <laughs> warmed up. I give some underhand pitches. Let's go. All right. First, um, tell us a little bit about Kai. Man, Kai, it's funny, right? I think Kai's been on the baseball field since he was born. Literally, like, literally following his brother around. And it's just like, I mean, Kai has always... What I've learned about him now that I didn't know before is how observant he really is. Like how he can just sit there and watch and see what's going on. He can watch people get in trouble for certain things and then correct it and won't do the same thing that that person has done. He's very good at that. Um, and he was able to watch Isaiah more intently than I even knew he was watching. They always say that the second one is the one that gets it, you know, all the way. But I get now, it's just how much, I think the second one only gets it is, is if he's intrigued by what his older brother is doing, mm -hmm. by the example. And what I've learned over the years, he was a big support system for Isaiah. He's even been his coach, you know? <laughs> um, because he listening to what all the other coaches is telling him. Right. And he's he like, no, you you know, Kai will videotape all Isaiah bats, you know, send it to him. 
It's like, hey, why you not swinging? Why you didn't swing on that pitch? That was a strike. And then the, the funniest thing is that Isaiah, even though they're eight years apart, he doesn't say, I mean, you don't know what you're talking about. He like, oh, really? Like, what happened? Like, he really listens to his brother because mm-hmm. he knows his little brother has been intently, like, involved into his development. Oh, and man. It, it's, it's, I can't even make this stuff up. Like, Kai will make and edit videos on his iPhone and say, man, see, when you swung this, you was, you was, you was short, soft, and the same. You wasn't doing that. You was kind of jumpy on this one. You, I'm listening to him. And I'm like, this is kind of unique. You know what I'm saying? To see the little brother telling, reminding the older brother how to calm his emotions. He even did it before the area codes. The conversation that they had before the area codes was, he like, you know how you go to errands? You know how you talk to eat? You just go. You, now it don't even matter. They can't cut you. Go ahead and have have a. Have fun and come. Because when you calm, I don't think nobody can see you. And that's what he did. He went out there and was calm and he did his thing. I, I think you have the next uh, Dusty Baker in the making. Not the next. <laughs> no, literally. Literally. He knows, it, <laughs> he knows trades when, when, when my little cousin Kyle Paris got moved up to the to AA the day before yesterday. Yep. He knew where he He's going to the trash tenders. He's in AA. He's going to Alabama. He knew everything. He just knows. He's very inquisitive. I don't know how, but man, old soul, kind of... <laughs> old soul, man. That's old, a, soul. old soul. But that's why I was like, EJ, you got to put your hands on him a little bit early because he got to get it right. Because he knows all the information and he knows how to physically do it. With Aaron getting his physical right, I mean, I promise you, you guys can ask Isaiah anytime you guys go, he would tell you that Nakai is probably his other coach. <laughs> I love wow. it. That's not an answer I was expecting at all. <laughs> I know. At 11 years old, I don't get it. But he plays up 12U baseball. He he um was funny. He was playing up. And the number one thing that we try to work on him with is, is his confidence, right? And that's okay because, you know, I think Nizan jumped out the box with confidence because he was like, I just want to do it so bad. Whereas Kai yeah. is like, he has more ability than Nye did at his age, but without the confidence that Nye had. And I and so what we've been working on in the last year is about, hey, let's build up the confidence, encourage your brother, continue to put the work in. And so I did a tricky thing. He played up two years with the 12 youth. And because his grade age is he's a sixth grader, but his age, they're all now. 12. He just turned 11. So it's kind of like it's kind of like he's a year behind, but at the same time, we're trying to catch him up, you know, fundamentally, you know, in, in his in his confidence. So what I did was I let him play all season up for he made some mistakes. Doesn't you know he's an infielder, outfielder, he's wherever they want him, but he knows the game. So that's what keeps him on par. But sometimes the decision making is kind of lacks because of confidence. So what I did, he was able to guest play with some 10 year olds, and he was like, this is easy. And uh, it boosted his confidence right away. And he yeah. took that back when he went to his team. And uh, his little tricks and stuff that I'm learning with Kai, just trying to learn him and trying to be a, you know, I'm older now too. I had Isaiah when I was 22. I had him when I was 28. So it's kind of like it's different, like different yeah. things. Different. You know? Yeah, your, mm-hmm. your techniques are different. Yeah, yeah. It's different. It's, it's way different. Do you, um, you know, I was thinking because I've seen Kai, I've seen Isaiah. I saw, you know, the confidence thing's huge, you know, and yes. you tell parents out there. Um, and one thing I love that you you didn't do with Nye is that 
the kids have to have confidence. In order for these guys to to do what they want to do, it's all right to be overconfident. You can kind of tone that back as a parent, you know. I don't think you can take that away from athletes, just take away their confidence because Never. what happens is they start to doubt themselves. And I think that's what you've done a really good job. So I think that's a good message to the parents out there is that, you know, your kid can be confident, but you got a parent. You know, I think you what you do really well, um, D, is that you parent really well with your kids. You, your, your kids are individually different. And I think yes. you parent differently with them. And you, you see the things, pitfalls, you see the plus things, and you kind of put them together, you know. That confidence thing's huge, man. You keep on, you know, keep telling Kai, man, that confidence is huge, you know. Keep yeah, it is. It's very, it's very huge because, you know, we're all not perfect. We're all not created equal, right? And some people have to can wake out of bed and become just a stud, and some people have to work very hard. And Isaiah was one of them type of people that had to work hard. But he also had a talent. Whereas I think like when I my thing with Kai was it's glimpses and stuff that he does. And actually me and Aaron have talked about his quick twitch and stuff like that. And like he just has it, right? But now we have to develop it from the outside in, you know, more than the than the inside out. You know what I mean? And it's right. it kind of like him just realizing like I'm not in the shadows anymore. I'm coming out for myself. And so even Isaiah said, man, you didn't you you're not getting on him like you used to get on me at this time. I said, because you're, I can, I knew I can give you more because I knew you would take it. I don't want to shut him down. He doesn't like attention. He doesn't like attention even when he does something great. He doesn't like attention. So I have to try to like, I got to wait till he grows out of that completely. He's doing a little bit better, but it's like, you throw some a spotlight on the car, he's like, man, all right, I don't want all that. Just don't, it's a good thing for later, but yeah, he don't yeah. want the light. He don't want the light. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I like that. way I got from that, that I like what you said, what, is, is you talked about how he's playing up and then you brought him back down. And that actually brings up, you know, a pretty good subject. And we maybe should explore this a little bit more on a podcast, DJ. But, you know, do you play your kids up? Because I always hear about, Love you know, do you, you know, my kid's playing up, my kid's playing up. But, and I, we all know the reasons why, you know, for competition and speed up development and, and challenge and all this stuff. But we, you also have to look at it and, and you did this, you know, as a parent, which is, you should be applauded for is you looked at the psychological side of it. Yes. Everyone always thinks about the benefits. Well, it's going to make them tougher. It's going to make them this and that. But you also looked at, hey, you know what? What is this also doing to my son's confidence? Right. And, I think that's a that's a big point. You know, I kind of went through that whole thing as an athlete myself. As a runner, I always had to run up. You know, I always was the fourth guy or fifth guy running varsity as a freshman. Well, yeah. big disparity, you know, and even though you're still in high school, there can be a big disparity in, in, in physical development and growth and all that stuff. So... Yeah. You know, when you're one of those athletes, you don't always get a chance to experience as much success. Yeah. It's kind of skewed. Your your abilities in your head can get kind of skewed because you're always playing against people who already have built-in advantages. And yeah. so because you don't have those successes, you don't really have always a realistic ideal of where you're at in the pecking order unless you get an opportunity to go back down 
and actually compete with and against your peers. Man, that was that you said it. I mean, I can't even. You, I mean, you said exactly that. And I, I think that's I think that's important. And and you know, even a periodic kind of relief, you know, yeah. from that pressure cooker because some of these kids might feel that as a pressure cooker. And it, it sounds like Kai is really analytical, and that yeah. and because he's so observant analytical that might be part of what's kind of hurting his confidence because he's you know what i'm saying absolutely he know what perfect so tight with all of this knowledge and now he's playing with guys who's older his expectations may not necessarily match where he is physically and you know what i'm saying and so right. it could be a good thing but it could also be a bad thing if not unchecked so I would say I would say that, that everything you said was correct, but as I I have to realize that I keep trying to tell I tell a lot of parents a lot, right? They're like, well, what are you gonna do with uh, Nakai? You know, he's gonna, I'm like, he's gonna showcase him, he's gonna do all these different things. I said, yeah, he will when he's ready. When he's I'm ready, not, I'm not in a rush. When he's ready is probably the biggest thing. And then some parents are like, well, when is he gonna be ready? I'm like, when he's ready, like. It's not something you just, you know, they don't just go sell sell arm below out the, out, out the mall. You know what I mean? Right. They don't just go, do, you have to go put in the work. So we have a plan. I said, you got to put a, a, the right village around your kids. A lot of people think that they have to do it all themselves. Like, I get a lot of credit for something that I'm not even doing. I just, I did, all I did was put Isaiah into the environment and he just bought in. So he has an EJ, he can go and come. He has a, a whole multitude of baseball people from starting with Willie McGee's to Bill yeah. Roberts to his trainer, Aaron Thigpen, Eric Johnson. He plays at the show. He does all these different things. Some people might be like, well, he got them all over the place. I don't. I don't. I really don't have them all over nowhere. What I did was I left him as an individual and people and his work ethic uh, brought him into those environments. You know what I mean? His work ethic. And, and, and all of them were necessary. And some of them I didn't have to do. Um, you know, perfect game, it's these things, it's these systems, and I'm not knocking any of those programs. I mean, it's a business though. We gotta remember it's a business at the end of the day. But what happens is the parents get sucked into the business aspect of it and they feel like they get this fear of missing out. And they think that if the kid doesn't show up to these things, then you know, this is what I'm doing. Or hey, it's a trend. Baseball falls on trends every single two years. Right now, the biggest trend, and it wasn't like this as bad a few years ago in baseball everybody's reclassifying why because they want a physical edge right and it's like an oxymoron between college and base major league baseball right major league baseball wants you as young as possible whereas college baseball needs you as strong as possible well what about when your body just doesn't develop at the speed of this guy's or that guy or you know it's like what do you do right you think that you got to panic no my son didn't commit to a college until last year and that was considered to be late when he actually, he still was a lot early from a technical standpoint where they used to commit in, the, in their senior year. Right, right? So it's like, so you're following these trends and it's so hard now because everybody has a travel ball team. Everybody has a quote unquote national team. Everybody has a thing that they're trying to market to make sure that you think that your kid needs to be around here and paying all these dollars. And I'm like, but what if he's not ready? Like, what if he's just like really not ready yet? Wait, and that's, what are you supposed to do, right? So it's like, for me to see and understand the mistakes that I made, I'm gonna even call them mistakes. I'll call them learn lessons 
because obviously Isaiah got his scholarship. Obviously, he's been he he, he put his work himself in the conversation to be in the prospect in, in his area, which is a which is a huge amazing accomplishment. But we had to do we had to we had to really like reevaluate me and my wife and say, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna have Nakai do that because. What I need him to focus more on is the stuff that Isaiah didn't realize to his ninth grade summer, that he has to work on his body and work on this stuff as much as he knows. Maybe we're gonna start doing that now and fall in love with the work. And then when it's time, he could just, cause he's, he could pop on the scene his sophomore year and be like just as good and caught up and he can be above some of the people that was just chasing the trophies. Not saying all of them chase trophies, but what they expect that the those tournaments or they playing against better competition. And that does have a good aspect, but Isaiah never won any tournament that he's been since he was started, except when he was younger. He didn't win in his oh, travel in his oh. summer ball days, he didn't win not one tournament. We were going for amount of games that you can get in the weekend. Just like EJ you do. How many games can you get in a weekend? Is it a two-day weekend? We won four games at least. You get a fifth one, great. But we're not trying to win this tournament. We're trying to get the competition and development. And now people are scared, are scared from that. Amen. Because that is it. Just real quick, I wanted, for those parents who don't know the term reclassification, it's basically just changing your kid's graduation year. You know, Correct. Maybe holding them back or doing holding something them back. that. Holding them back. Uh, or go up. You can go up as yeah, well. Or go up, yeah. yeah. To, to put them in the, in the best position possible. Um, yeah, and they're doing it not athletics. <laughs> not, athletics. They're not doing it for education. They're not doing it for education. Majority of them right. doing it for a, 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 a physical advantage. And I think right. me and my wife we talked about that. I'm like, look, Nakai is actually a year ahead, right, in his right. school. So he's going to graduate at 17, but he's also an IEP student, right, because he's his comprehension. So what we learned about with him is like he need extra help. But I told him always when he was in the fourth grade, when he started this, I said, hey, if you need if you need more time, I will give you more time for your academics. I don't care about what baseball or sports is going to do. And he's wanted to face the challenge and say, no, I want to keep working in my class. So that's why we kept him there before we even, um, when we made that decision. So we, we letting him get challenged in all aspects. Yeah. I have a, one of my kids was an IEP student. And yes, really great to identify that early. Man, it's a, it's early a, as you can. We didn't find out until, God, maybe they they were a junior. But mm-hmm. luckily, we we got on track, and now they've got it in college, and it follows them all the way through. So no, Man, that, that's a huge, that's huge. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting, Aaron. It's just you know, I'm listening to D and parents out there you know you listen to your kids see i mean what i'm just listening to you and really just gravitating to this conversation but um how you didn't tell your kids you know you fathered them and your your wife you guys are parenting your kids but you didn't like dictate that you better go do this or you have to go this because you're allowing your kids to have dialogue with you you're listening to your kids and you're talking to your kids and you're you're being parents and i don't see that a lot you know in this and what we see this today and some of the ideologies of you know of this the parent take on this whole subject is that you know you're you're taking a step back and that's what i want to tell people out there take a step back evaluate before you just all of a sudden just say yeah i gotta go do this because everybody's doing it and 
Aaron, you can attest to this because we've seen athletes for over 25 years together now, is that taking that step backwards allows you to grow and kind of figure out what lay of the land are you in? What did you say two years ago was, you know, reclassification. Now the environment's different. You know, now we're talking about a more physical developed athlete versus a major league baseball athlete that's younger. They want a younger theory behind it. I mean, things are always changing our industry. They are. And parents, here's my, here's my kind of like two cents is take a step back evaluate see what's best for your kid and love your kid you know don't don't begrudge them and say hey you got to go do this because your buddies are doing it you don't have to take a step back a little bit breathe you know and then move forward absolutely absolutely i think i didn't know that though i didn't know that ej i didn't know i mean again i made some things that i didn't know like for nizaire compared to nakai and I try to get Isaiah to get on board with me, which he is a lot of the times helping me with this because he kind of knows like this stuff doesn't matter. And we use that word, trophies doesn't matter. We use the word, stuff just doesn't matter until it matters, right? And it's like, parents don't realize how much time they have. I'm seeing kids get injured. I'm seeing kids with pictures getting a lot of Tommy John. Some of it is on purpose. You know, I don't, it, it's, a, it's a world to me where it's like, if you, you want an advantage, you want an advantage as a parent, the biggest advantage for you to do is go get have your son get with wherever area you may be in. I don't know, but for us, we're, we're, we're in the, you know, the greater Bay Area, so I can go to game speed and actually, my son was just in there yesterday, you know, get the real development, understanding what he needs to do and his levels to it and fall in love with the work. Because if you fall in love with the work, man, it seems like you're going to, take a step back, but you're really spring forward yourself forward. Like you're gonna catapult into a place. And I've seen it in the last year with Nizea. Like if he would have been doing this at Kai age consistently, like I will be doing, man, I wonder what type of athlete he could even been even now at this, he would even been a better athlete. And it's not about size or, or, or strength or, or like with these things, but it's like the colleges now are getting kids in the eighth grade, not, you know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I try to educate a lot of parents as much as possible. As you see the amount of people that are decommitted, you got to, I don't raise my kids to be a quitter, right? I don't raise my kids to be, I don't want them to be so indecisive. I want them to be like direct about what they actually want and go after it because that's how I am, that's how my wife is. So I'm like, if a, just think about it from a business standpoint, if a, a college coach commits you in the eighth grade, Mm-hmm. What kind of history and research do you think you have to do? He doesn't even know what kind of major he wants to be. He don't even know. So he may be going to a school that <laughs> this school doesn't even offer what he really wants to do in life outside of baseball. And he's committed there. And guess what? The college coach quits or gets fired. What, and then that happens in your 11th grade. I didn't watch kids two weeks before signing day for your national level intent. Tell a kid, hey, can you get your family around? Yeah. And I won't say the kid's name. I'm saying, hey, you know, I know you've been committed with us since the ninth grade. I know you're getting ready to sign, but we're going to go a different direction. Sorry about it. It happened too late, but we kind of but we really wanted you to stay with us, but we had some things changed, so we're going to have to decommit your scholarship. Mm-hmm. Now a family that has been committed and wearing all this ruins stuff and this, this, and this, and this, you're done. Right. And right. Now, you're scrambling, and now you realize at that very moment, this is a business, and you got two weeks to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, 
We talked about that in our podcast, The Verbal Commitment. Verbal Commitment. That's exactly. But, but that's what's happening amongst a lot of people. Oh, I committed. They want to yeah. put their, that Twitter post is only going to last a moment. Yeah. You'll get all your likes, all your retweets. All right, now what? <laughs> Can I say, Aaron, Aaron and, and Deke, I want to say this. It's just like all the kids that get committed before their sophomore year, 70% of them get decommitted. 70. 70% of kids get decommitted. And parents, I'm going to tell you out there, be, be, be wary about that. I mean, things change. Uh, and one thing that impacts that, just so you know, the transfer portal also. And we did a podcast on the transfer portal. And I'm going to tell you, just, you know, beware, you know, do your homework. And I think, you know, Deontay just tells, I'm telling you out there, he's telling you, do your homework. You know, he didn't get into his junior year. I mean, what's wrong with that? That's like, to me, that's natural. That's like the right way to go about it. Don't be in a hurry to commit right away because it's a a big five power conference or it's this on the West or East Coast or Midwest. Don't be in a hurry. Do your research on these coaches because if you've noticed the D1, D2, D3 carousel, coaching carousel, the past four years, parents out there is crazy. Guys are leaving. Guys are going to pro ball. Guys are leaving to go to be head assistants. They were head coaches over here. It is a merry-go-round. I haven't seen so much job insecurity in the last four years in college baseball. Guys just moving around. So be aware of that, parents. And, and I like that because what happens is that, like, of course, like my nephew, he, he, he committed a little early, but I think that his situation was a little bit different because he was able to know the coaches hand in, hand out. He was able to know his his coach and EJ knowing like this could be against if this is your dream school, which it was. And sometimes it works out, right? Because yeah. we, we we have relationships where we can get the heads up. If you don't have that, and majority of people don't have the relationship with the head coaches. They don't. Right? So you won't know, right? Because they like they're gonna do the best that's for them and their family at that time. If they get a job somewhere else, or they can take you with them wherever they go, you know, that happens too. So it's kind of like I think that but it all starts back that the transfer portal, the, the 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 influx of coaches moving around, it's because they are now embracing to the travel ball mentality. I don't like what's going on at this team. I have to leave and switch teams. I'm not going to take it out and go try to work for a job. That's what happens at the younger levels. So I don't want my son to be involved into a team at a young level where that's what I told his his uncle when he started coaching. I said, hey. I don't really care about the winning. I don't care about that. I care about really development. And I really mean development. I don't mean just using that word as a byproduct to just say we want to be on the national team. Like, no, put us on the other team. Just as long as we get the reps and the amount of time, I'm cool with that. And that's what I did with Nikai. Well, you're teaching them commitment, which is probably, you know, you hear me talk about it, EJ talk about it all the time. That's probably the cornerstone of greatness for every successful athlete we've ever had. Yeah, I, I I just can't say that enough. And we're you know some kids I guess that might be innate, but you you learn that from your parents, you learn that from your network, your environment, people around you. Absolutely. Um, you know it's it's something that you know that you see and 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 can enact on versus just okay, you know like you said being flighty and and jumping around. All right, here's another question okay what would be your three i don't necessarily biggest but maybe uh 
like oh, biggest mistakes or regrets, if you have any, that you made with uh, Nye. Again, obviously, it's probably just based on not knowing and experience that um, you look at now and say, oh, no, I'm not going to do that with Kai. Mm. Um, number one, I will have to say, I, I got three for sure. I probably, oh, got, okay. I probably <laughs> got three. But <laughs> I'll definitely give you some top threes. Um, not not quieting the noise. That's mm. noise. Not quieting the noise that's around. What I mean by that is yes. if we were in the middle of like let me just say this quick thing. So Nizaire, the reason why we got in travel ball is because Nizaire did he made he used to make that. One, I didn't know any better, right? I just see my son playing baseball, sign him up for Terry Hills baseball in the Richmond area. And I say, um, okay, he's doing good. He made all-star, he was in the outfield. <laughs> he went to third base and they used to say like, oh, all the weak kids are in the outfield. So I didn't know anything about nothing. That's just what they would say. So I'm like, oh man, my son needs to be in the infield. He made it there on his own. He made the all-star game, A team. I was like, all right, this is great. And he did it the next year. Then he needed it the next year. Then I'm like, man, this is, you know, I thought this house ball league was pretty, very strong. They played with a lot of hard balls early. And I'm like, this is amazing. It's very packed. The competition was really high. And then he made it to, he moved up to Pinto. And I remember, I'll never forget, uh, he led the team, led the league in home runs that year. And he made the B team. <laughs> and I said, he's done better more this year than he's ever done. You right? And I'm like, but I said, um, I was so upset. And, and Nizia tells me, he says, oh, that always make the A team. I can make the B team this time. But I, I let him, and I listened, right? But I, he didn't know. He thought some of his friends were going to be on that team. And they weren't. And we still did it. And I, that's when I got introduced to travel balls because when he got slighted. So somebody was like, man, I'm starting up a team. Blah, blah, blah. Willie McGee's going to be there. This, this, and, this. and I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna be there Monday. He <laughs> like, whatever do you, I'm out because this is not it. Yeah, and I was like the my brother Umain to tell you like I was like the the first person to kind of like jump out. Like I was like, bye. I'm leaving. Everybody was like, no, Terry Hills, you gotta stay here. And we did. So we went to travel ball, and I started seeing I open a new world, and I started realizing like, man, it's so much noise goes on what you need to do, and sometimes you gotta go with your gut feeling and be able to say, man, look, you gotta you gotta know what's the best for you and your family. And for me, I needed him just to step away from that whole conglomerate of stuff that I thought was important. So that was number one, it's the noise, watching the noise. And that happened throughout the whole, his whole baseball. It was, it was always what he needed to do. What he needs is he needs that, he needs that from various people. And <clears throat> looking back on that noise factor, all he needed was just to continue to work. So I had some voices like, William McGee, just work, man, just work. Don't worry about that, just work, just work. Don't worry about it, just work. So that was help me. The second thing um, I will go later on in his career, which is, it's gonna sound crazy. Winning is the devil sometimes. <laughs> and that sounds crazy. We went to a team, they probably won 94, they went 94 and six in one whole season something like that and I left the team and he started Isaiah was a starter he started center field you know he did all the stuff he but we left and he the coach called me and she said man I thought I did everything right like why are you leaving he said 
you did a lot of things right. And, and I appreciate you for even giving my son an opportunity. But I'm realizing that winning isn't everything. And, and he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, just think about it. We want to get as many reps as possible, right? We play in a weekend, right? Whether because of the rules and travel ball, if you're up by a certain amount of points, you can be done in the fourth inning. And we were done the fourth inning a lot of times. So it's like he only got one at-bat that game. We got another one at-bat. The only time we would get multiple at-bats is in the championship game, not even in the playoff game. And it happened all year. And I realized I started looking at the calculation of how many at-bats he's actually getting. I'm looking at the other kids. Like, man, he went, oh, man, he went, man, he went, he went two for three today. I'm like, in one game, man, like, I may be two for three in the whole tournament. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, this is not it right and so he was like i get what you're saying i'm like yeah so i'm not leaving on bad terms i want y'all to continue to do well but he needs to go back and and get to some losing and that's what we did and we it <laughs> sounds crazy but i want to get back to we're gonna have competitive games where it's gonna last the whole seven innings that, that, that you're paying for these tournaments cost a lot of money and so you want to make sure that you get the fullness of it and winning is not everything so that was an untraditional route but I've learned that lesson, like that was a actually, I wouldn't say a mistake, Aaron, but I would say it was something that I didn't know was a good thing, but it felt like a mistake. And the third thing I would say- Very insightful. Very, <laughs> the third, insightful. And we can talk about that more. I just want to make sure I answer your question, but the, the third thing was parents being, for me being um, the worry. It was nothing to worry about. Like that was the biggest mistake I probably did at one point in the stage was thinking that li- by listening to the noise, seeing all the other stuff, taking the untraditional route, worried that I may be messing up his future. That was probably the mistake because I did I didn't have to worry and I was making the right decisions to help other parents that's coming after me. You know, so my route was very untraditional, but it took and nobody really told me. I would hear so many things, but I had to really fixate on what was actually important that I seen because I had a critical eye against Nizaya. And I knew people would mistake his talent and think like, oh, he's really good. And, I, and I'm looking at all the things that he really wasn't good in. And so I was like, if we could focus on those things, more than those things, and what can focus on that? And it happened. And it happened through time, being patient, you know what I'm saying? Trusting the process. Uh, people, it's funny these coaches will say to the to the to the player like you gotta trust the process you gotta trust the process. Well, that also goes for the parents. You gotta trust the process. You gotta trust the fact that this is baseball. Three out of ten, you're you're a Hall of Famer. So three out of so if you see your son struggling, the conversations in the car should not be about how he just struggled. Why did he do that? If he you think he really wanted to go up there and not hit that ball? <laughs> like like that's not it. It's some things that you. Change the conversation. Now, if I could have changed my conversation with Nizeh at 9, 10, 11, 12, man, we, we would have been where we're at right now and we just talk about baseball, we would have been there a long time ago. And now I get to enjoy that with Kai because I didn't know any but I was like, man, they, this is what they're going to do. This is what they're going to Man, you, you can't do that. They're going to not let you. All these things of fear of things that don't really matter. And you start pressing that on your child and your child just feels pressure and it's not pressure from the gang it's pressure from what your dad or your mom is going to say to you that was the biggest probably the biggest mistake I could have ever done is put the 
pressure of not knowing on your child. So that would never do that with Nikai. Man, I hear that. That's that man. That brings that. Whew, that resonates with me because I remember growing up, and my 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 dad put a lot of pressure on me about you know you gotta do this, gotta do this, and you know for so many years in baseball, you know I resented that. You know, man. as a as a as a and look, I was a major league athlete, and I resented that. And you know, you think you're doing what's best for your kid, but parents, I'm gonna tell you, and this is from a, a high level professional athlete that was retired now it didn't help me man it, it really <laughs> messed me up a lot of in a lot of ways and I had to regroup myself and pull myself up and I'm telling parents don't put pressure on your kids like that it's it's not healthy for them to develop as people now there's tough love and you have to do that sometimes yeah. But you can't get in the game every every game and evaluate, you know, what you did wrong. You need to do that. And Aaron, you attest to that, man. Hey, you and I have a Aaron, that's why I think we get along so well. We had a very similar route in how we got to be professional athletes. Yeah. And how we had to work hard to get where we needed to be. And we weren't the biggest guy and the the long legs and all that stuff and the physicality. We weren't that guy. I wasn't that guy. You weren't that guy. But because we were so tough mentally. Um, that's where we need it to be. So I, I tell parents out there, just be careful about there's a fine line there. Okay, there's a fine line. Yes. That's good insight. I love that. It's great, great insight. About and you want to enjoy your kids too. Like, <laughs> like right. I see a lot of parents, they're like, man, I mean, I t- the one thing I do, and I try to make sure I do more of is talk to a lot of parents. Sometimes they be like, well, he's just saying that because my son is going to be a different route than his son is. I'm like, yeah, you should be, right? Actually, I want your son not to go through some of the stuff that my son is going through. So <laughs> I want it to be better for you um, because it doesn't matter, right? Because at the end of the road, though, what I've learned is that with that pressure, me and my son also had a lot of conversations about letting, when you have done those things, parents, and you know you're probably taking a step back and being like, man, I put this pressure on a man, could be doing this. What you, there's nothing wrong with uh, humility and saying, hey, you know what? I did this, I was wrong. I've told that conversation with Isaiah and I said, look, I think this was wrong that I'm doing, this is wrong. So from this day on, this is what we should go about when it comes to this. But one thing I will never stop getting on your neck about is character, Mm -hmm. right? If if we're character, I don't care where we're at. People can say I'm irate or whatever. I don't play about character because your character is the thing. Your character and your talent are connected. So if you're thinking that you're gonna go out here and you have bad character, and you think you're gonna go out to this baseball game and do whatever you want, I promise you, this never has happened. So if he has a, he doesn't have really bad character flaws as no. much as thankful for, but he's still a child, he's still a growing team. So it's like, it's certain things that me and his mom may talk to him about and get on him about very intensely because character matters. I hear these kids come to the baseball park, they're cussing. They're cussing in front of their parents, they're cussing in front of, it's great all over the nation. I've been from here to Florida, anywhere in between. Mm-hmm. And I look at the dynamic that they have, and there's a lot of parents who wants to be their kid's friend. And it's like that friendship can come later as you guys get the respect as a parent. And again, that helps because when the college coaches talk to my son, I don't need to coach him and tell him what to talk about because he know his character meant something in the beginning. No, you can't. Don't worry about having your grades a certain way because I don't care what the school said. You have to have a 3.0 to play baseball in this house. So you love it, get it. 
I've never had my son come less than a 3.0 in his house, ever. Now, of course, as I said earlier, Nakai's an IEP, so I will always try to make sure he gets the necessary help that he may need, but he still has to have those same type of challenges. We still <laughs> try to keep that, I'm, I'm not gonna stop that. So, mm-hmm. so that's one thing that character was the big thing for me that will, I would never let up on. But when it comes to baseball, let him make the mistakes because he needs the mistakes. It's the only, thing, only way he's going to know how to grow. So a lot of kids right now that didn't make any too many mistakes as a kid. They went through high school, and now they're making mistakes either in pro ball and college, and they're getting cut, sent back home. Uh, I'm seeing it right now in front of my eyes. Like, these dudes was the dudes. Well, nobody, they never had failure. Now they don't know how to handle it. We had a lot of failure. Failure was embrace the failure. So that's me. Yeah, I mean, your point about the characters is important, I think, because, you know, you can have a talented athlete and still have poor character. And you can see that in our politics. Won't name no names. <laughs> you can see that I had a professional football player. Won't say yep. no names. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and, but what comes with that is what I call a very messy life. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't think that that can always end well, you know? And if you look at some of these athletes and some of these celebrities and people, yeah, they may have had a huge amount of talent, but had very poor character. And how often does that end well for them? Now, again, maybe your measure is is fame and fortune. Well, hey, they did all right, they're rich. But what about some other things that are probably more important in a person's life, you know, in terms of relationships and, you know, with your family and your kids and your reputation and all of those things, your legacy. That's one thing I, I, I always liked about uh, Andre Ward, uh, the fighter, is he was always had an eye on what's my legacy. You know, always what leaving behind. What will people say about me when I'm through? Not just am I, was I a great athlete, but also was I a great person. But that's crazy that you say that because I've always seen that in, in Dre. And Dre, my thing was, that's how me and Aaron met, right? On a plane yeah. to go to camp fight week. I, I was in, I'm in Andre's camp and that's and that's my brother. And I just like, one thing about Andre, so I'm saying, man, take your son with Dig. Like, I'm telling you, man, he knows where he has a whole knowledge about the, the, the game when it comes to his physical development. And I was like, all right, I bought in. When I try to tell other kid, kids and parents that they come, a lot of kids do come, but I've as of late, right? Because they see yeah. something nice there. But when I was telling them, I mean, you know, you done brought. I know. Brought Dalen Tinsley. <laughs> so like, I brought so many kids because I I didn't want to hold on to the stuff by myself. I wanted kids to get better. I never worried about if I teach this. Man, you gonna get better than my son. I don't want that. Like, nah, I want I want y'all to get the best out of life. Because at the end of the day, like in life, the one who endures doors to the end, they'll get to the reap the benefit. You know what I mean? So long as you just enduring it, and we start to see the trickle off of it. Everybody goes their different ways for their either moving or just their own right. They feel like something else is out there that's better for their child, which is all great. But one thing I can say is that I've never been misled wrong. Um, I've never been misled wrong when it came to YouTube. You guys gave a good, honest uh, assessment and didn't mind saying to other kids, like, you're not this, you have slow feet, you got this. You, got, you don't mind identifying the problem 
And some parents can't take that and some kids can't take that because they thought they were always put together. But identifying a problem will get you so much more leaps and bounds in this in this game. And not just baseball, all sports. But I'm saying in this game that we're talking about baseball, as a parent, I think that you are dealing with now the the worst climate of baseball as far as in the industry, as far as a young athlete. You are talking about whether if it's like I said, classifications, showcasing, showcasing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, you listen. They like all oh, want the exposure. Well, that word has two different meanings to me. You can be, you can get exposure, or you can get exposed. <laughs> and that's what, and that's, and nine out of ten, you get exposed when you get mad at the showcase. And you pay eight hundred dollars. It costs eight hundred dollars to go to a perfect game showcase. Eight hundred dollars. So what you do at these showcases, right? For the parents that are going into the, you shouldn't even be short showcased until you like, in my opinion, at least fourteen. I wouldn't showcase anything because you're not you're not even physically there yet to showcase. Anything. But it's a waste of money, and all it is is a meter that they go ahead and do. So, but I, I would say, let's say you start at 14 years old, you're a ninth grader or eighth grade summer, and you say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and showcase my son. Well, if he hasn't been doing the physical things, and because there's kids that's out there in the nation that are doing the things that Aaron and EJ has been teaching about, it's. It's kids out there. So you're competing not against just the person you see next to you. It's the people that's all the way around. And a lot of times I've seen parents leave with a sad face and they pay $800. But you could have paid $800 for training. Oh. oh. You could have paid $800. Oh, one said it, Aaron. <laughs> you could have paid that same. You could have paid that same money for training and with it and then showcase. You know, and then said, you think I'm ready to have somebody tell you, I think he needs a little bit more. All right, cool. Don't wait. I can wait. Because you're not going to miss anything. A lot of these things, if I, well, this this person made the 13U Select Fest or or, or, or the 14U Select Fest or the or the PG Nationals. Let me tell you something. A lot of that stuff is already predetermined. They have a ranking system. If you're not in the top 50 of that class, nine times out of 10, you're not going to go to those things. It's just simple math. Like they have this thing, they have a one to a thousand. And guess what? Isaiah to this day is in the 500 today in their quote unquote system. Why? Because we don't go to a lot of their showcases. You go look at some of these other kids from the Southeast. They got 187 events that they mentioned. Uh, uh, to what you're competing with, they have to put the people that's been putting money in their pocket. They get showcased more, they get evaluated more. Guess what? They keep moving up the change. You're from California. If you're not, you're not going to be afforded to get all those perfect game things. So quit chasing something that's not awarded for you. That that works out for them because they're in the Southeast. We have other things. We have scout ball that's out here. You don't have to worry about all these things. That's noise to me. The work, the work, the work. If you focus on that, he will rise to the top. And then the cream rises. You will be at the same stage. When it was all said and done, Aaron... Big Pen looked at me and my son in his eyes said, if you want to make area codes next year, because he got cut. Because he was, he thought he was putting in the work, but he wasn't putting in the real work. He said, if you want to make area codes, buy into what I'm telling you to do now, and you will make area codes next year. When it counts, he made it. True. So, I'm not saying, oh, was it by coincidence? No, he actually put in the work week by week 
sacrificed the high school season. And what I mean by that, he still played high school, but he still had to show up to Aaron. Aaron will stay a little bit later because he knew he had a lead practice Absolutely. and couldn't come there because he bought in. Aaron will buy in, EJ will buy in when he, they know you buy in. Like, so it's like, I can never, that 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 year, even now to this day, he would tell anybody, what do you think helped you from getting cut to making it? He was like, game speed. Period. 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 There was a lot of other stuff that was going on, but game speed was the core. Because if he took off, if he missed the day, he knew he had to go to the gym on his own and go do it. You know, he just knew what to do. He bought in, he believed it, and he said it on his writing down paper, I'm going to make area codes, and I'm going to dominate. EJ, would you, have you heard anything else different than us? And I don't think it was because he nope. was just more talented. I think it's just that he bought in. Bought in. Bought into bought into the work. Bought into being committed to it. Aaron, Aaron said earlier, commitment is a cornerstone of greatness for athletes. Love that. I, I, I put that down. Because <laughs> that that right there said it right there. Commitment is a cornerstone of greatness for athletes. So, all right, we've gone kind of deep. And I know I don't want to take keep you too long. So let's go a little, little lighter, a little shallow. Okay. Um, what would be your three favorite, three to five favorite um, tournaments that your athlete has played that you think athletes should experience? And it's not just from a baseball standpoint, because I also ask this of Kai's dad, uh, but just from uh, a baseball experience in terms of maybe going to a place in the baseball history and the pageantry and you know all of those things things that maybe you'll get outside of baseball other than good competition something that you know an uh, athlete might look back on and says man i really like that trip to cooperstown i really like that trip to the hank aaron tournament because of the tradition of black baseball players or you know something like that what would be your top three or, or five tournaments for whatever reason I mean, okay. they don't have to be those reasons, but for whatever reason. Is it okay if I give you that and then I tell you why? Kind yeah, of like, I want you to tell us why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say the tournaments, and I'm going to break it down my age, from seven to... I mean, when you turn tw- seven to 12, mm-hmm. play locally, right? That's just, that's just, that's my thing. Play locally. You might, and, and locally can be from anywhere in California. It, to me, it's now LA is local, you know, flow. So it doesn't mean if it's a big tournament in LA, go ahead and do that. Have, you know, step outside of your, your, your area and go out somewhere. You don't have to go too far. But if it's LA, Reno, you know, it was the really the low, the low in the beginning, it was the, the low caliber tournaments to me that where I felt like what they deemed low caliber was really where it was affordable. So you've seen a lot of competition. Right, because some people couldn't go to the big, big events. So the affordable ones were actually the ones that actually was the best. Uh, what's the one that happens in Reno, Carson City? Like that's a big or, or Sparks. Yeah, we. Or, that's the one. It's, 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 it is not like kids can let let the ball fly, get, bank, get their confidence up. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that ball traveled over the fence a couple times. They have fun. Um, mm-hmm. So that would say that between seven and twelve, go have fun. Right, that's literally a thing that you should be chasing. It's a fun. Cause you gotta fall in love with this game, right? But if you go to 13, I will say, 13 is the trickiest year of travel ball baseball, I would say, because you're 13, but you're probably 
going to the ninth, some 13 year olds we know is going to the ninth grade the following year. So I would say kind of like skip 13 and go to 14. You know what I mean? Like that jump. Mm-hmm. If you know, if, if you can still play 12 another year, cool, unless you're physically ready. But I think 13, I think at 12, you should be playing 13 you baseball for the size demographic of the field. But because of 14 starts the, the 60, 90, you, if you're going to go play high school baseball, and that was a goal for my son, was ninth grade varsity. That's the goal for Kai. So my thing is getting physical and physically ready. And because physically, physicality is the biggest thing when it comes to high school baseball. So I would go play and take all my lumps and go to any tournament that has a 60, 90 at 13 years old. So I don't really have a per se, any local, I wouldn't, have to, I wouldn't spend that much money. I would go anywhere where they have 60, 90 baseball around your area. Now, getting into high school, summer ball is different than travel ball. I tell people this all the time. So ninth grade summer, some people start an eighth grade summer like my son, summer ball. But either way, that's only in the summer. The biggest tournaments to go to is the WWBAs and and the and the junior JOs. For right, so you have. I don't think you need to go tournament crazy. I think you should go be very strategic because the more they see you, the more they don't like you. If that makes sense. <laughs> the more they, they say they want to see you, but the more they see you, the more they can start picking holes at you. So mm-hmm. I would kind of like put together maybe a four or five list in the summer. Junior Olympics is very competitive, right? But don't go there trying to make the USA team. It's a possibility, but don't right. don't go with that mindset. Go right. with that mindset like, I'm just trying to go and play it against the best competition. And then you never know, you might get a letter and say they do want you to go to the next level. But that tournament in June is pretty much, in Arizona, is pretty, it's hot, but it is also very competitive to let you know where you measure with your peers. Uh, the next one would be the WWBA. I don't like Georgia as much, but it is necessary because it does have a lot of competition. I don't like it because of the weather. Sometimes it gets rained out a lot. Um, but this is a top tournament right now. I, I heard they're going to be probably moving it to Arizona and eventually it's going to be in Austin, Texas. So no matter where the location is, go to the WWBA. True. And then I think uh, from there, those those two in the beginning, but then when you get to like July, well, that is July. When you get to like, oh, I think like August and it's some stuff that's going on. Like I think this new one's like five, two I went to was very exceptional in LA at Amherst Park. Uh, you don't want to chase scouts, but you kind of want to just see what teams are in there and what's, who's competing. And then you kind of will know like if your son is ready, if they're not ready, don't go. <laughs> like, don't go. Like, don't. Yep. If you hear people say, he need to work on this, he need to work on that. Because once they see you, it's hard for them to unsee you. Right. So, right. You, you hear all the time. No, I seen that kid. He was he did something I didn't like, and they can't take it out their brain. Yeah. If they see you do something good. So that's why the less is more, I would say five tournaments throughout the summer. Because a summer, you can easily spend $25,000 on this on this travel. You think about hotel, Airbnb, whatever, food. And these tournaments are no longer the weekend tournaments as you were used to and accustomed to. These are now week-long tournaments. And sometimes you only play a game a day because they want to make sure you stay for that whole week. So, <laughs> so, so trust me, save your money. 
now. Wait till you get, <laughs> wait till the summer of high school summer ball because yeah. you're gonna averagely spend probably 25,000 a summer without you even blinking. And uh, yeah, and fall. Fall is very big. Like fall to me is, was one of the biggest seasons in Yes, it is. One of the biggest seasons in uh, baseball. For Luckily in California, we have a thing called scout ball. You can go play scout ball. Um, and there's certain tournaments where, you know, I think everybody's contracts are getting renewed. You know, colleges kind of like just started their job. The, the, the college, and for people that's to go to pro ball, their contracts is getting renewed. Because after the draft, now it's in July, their contracts are starting to get renewed you know, within the months after. So the team's got to go get the new crop of talent. So that's that. But I, I mean, I just think that the money aspect to this game has gone, gone way too high. I think that um, I wouldn't chase, honestly, I'm not saying this to be rude or anything. I'm saying it's a lot of events that happen locally that you don't need to go to. Like, like these special things where... They, they measure you like, it's good to go for competition, but man, all money is not good money. You know what I mean? And I just think that if if I could help any parent, it's really like, I'm, I'm making it very simple. Like, buy into the work, almost be what Andre Ward told me. Nah, you should be a dark horse for a while and then come out the shadows and be young in the front. And he did that. So being a dark horse means sit back, just really like get with I'm going to say get with Eric Johnson and get with Aaron. That's my personal thing. But you need to get with somebody that, like, that caliber of information, knowledge, and expertise in their field and realize just because you go to a trainer, I've seen a lot of kids get hurt, like physically hurt, and it's been sad, man. But if you can go to a trainer that can teach you about injury prevention at the same time, develop you physically, you got a winner. If you, if you go to somebody like EJ, if you're getting your hitting lessons or fielding lessons, somebody that's going to break it down to you so you can understand it for yourself, you got a winner. I think if you put your money that you will pay for these teams into that, I dare you to take a year off just to do that. I guarantee you, you're going to see light years of leaps and bounds, I promise. But that's my thing. I, that's where I would take it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Not, and I'm not just saying this because they on this podcast. I really believe that. I really, I truly, they know I do. Well, we had some good information right there, man. That's some good nuggets today, Aaron. No, that's great, man. Um, I got a question for you two, though. Yeah. So, I have question. a question for you two. Yeah. For me too. <laughs> um, what is it that you look for in a kid? Both of you guys. This is for both of you guys. What is it that you look for in a kid? when you're taking them on to say, okay, I could take this kid to the next level. (laughs) Yeah, I'll jump into it. Um, There's something about that look in their eye and their dedication when you speak to them. And there's something about how they look at you and why they want to be there. And they're the ones speaking and their parents not speaking. And they're saying, I want to be, and they look at you intently and they've got that look in your eye. That's the first thing. When I do assessment on an athlete, uh, then I decide if I want to take them on. So I do these initial assessments and then I find out what that player is about, the questions they ask me, how they move their body, um, what they're vested in, the things they talk about, how they take the information in, and then how they communicate it back that's what I look for 
look for those things, those small little things. And I look for how they move their body. I really do. An athlete's not going to be perfect when you get them. But the way they move their body and how they're athletic, I think that plays a key role in, in, in how I want to interact with that player. Well, mm. first I'd say ditto to everything that EJ just said. <laughs> I'm looking for all of those things. But, you know, I, even though I'm, I'm a contrarian by nature and it sometimes I see kind of pessimistic, um, I, I like dreamers. I like kids who have dreams, you know, and, and want to pursue them. So, you know, again, going back to the word commitment, I want a kid who's committed. And uh, I don't really worry about athletic, athleticism and all the rest of that stuff because I know a kid at eight years old isn't going to be the same kid at 18 and isn't going to be the same kid at adult at 21. So I know where an athlete can come from, you mm. know? So I, physical ability really isn't an issue for me because what you do then is at some point you just match the physical ability with the dream. You know, okay, some of us aren't going to be wired to, be, to throw 94 miles an hour. But if they still have that dream and they can say, hey, okay, well, maybe I won't be a professional baseball player, but I could be a damn good college baseball player and mm. still get all of those things that sport has to offer. Well, I'm on board for that. I'll walk that journey with you, you know? So I'm looking for, you know, those kids who say, hey, this is what I want. I'm willing to do the things that I need to do, you know, to go about it. And they got me. I'm on board. They may not even be able to put one foot in front of the other, but I'm sold at that point. And, you know, I like kids who want to do that, who want to challenge themselves, who want to take themselves from one, one level to the next. You know, I find it as a personal challenge as a coach. So I love taking that on. Yeah. You know, it's easy working with the blue chipper, you know, you just don't screw them up. But I like being, that's part of what, you know, I look at this as a craft of helping to build that athlete, you know, and take them through that process. I become a better coach. They become a better athlete. It's a win-win. Uh, another thing that I look at, and, you know, I probably never said this out loud to anyone other than EJ, is I look at what that family dynamic is. <clears throat> You hear me talk, always mention home training, mm -hmm. you know, and I look at, does this kid have a messy life? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things going on and not necessarily by their design, but maybe how that family operates, you know, are they, are they, are they, are you their eighth trainer, you know, in a year, you know? Have they, do they talk about all these, you know, these things that other people have done to them, you know, no fault of their own. Um, does the kid, can the kid communicate with you? Does mm -hmm. he look you in the eye? Uh, how does he talk to you? I'm a very casual person. I, I let athletes call me by my first name, but as long as they have respect on it, I have no problem with that. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? There's those sorts of things that are going to give me points about how we're going to interact yeah. and if I'm going to be effective, you know? And we, I was just having a conversation with the, one of our athletes the other day about another athlete, very talented athlete. He's in the uh, 
pro, not in the pros, but he's in the minor league system now. And the kid, you know, there's a dynamic in the family and a mindset that is probably not going to allow him to make it to the next level, even though he may have a golden arm because he doesn't have the work ethic. He doesn't have the right perspective on life. He doesn't, you know, value the, the things that you need to value to be able to get to the next level and stay at the next level. Those are all things that I think are very important uh, in the development of an athlete and the development of a person. And, you know, life is too short to surround you around people that aren't in tune with what you're in tune, you know? Um, so, you know, those are some of the, the things that I, I really look for in an athlete. It's not, his talent is down on the list, you know, it is. Yeah. And us as coaches and, and, and trainers have to enjoy this process too. And like you said, all money ain't good money. All money ain't good money. And so uh, I'm gonna gravitate to those kids who have those attributes that I'm, I'm more engaged in. Uh, you know, I love late bloomers. Being one myself, most of my friends, uh, athletic friends, same situation. You know, I love looking at late bloomers. Again, I'll take a blue chipper, you know, if they've got all the right mentality and everything, but it's not a prerequisite at all for me. And wow. um, like I said, parents who are sensible, you know, I guess that's the easiest way to put it. Not knowledgeable, but sensible and know how to get out of the way. EJ, before we go, I want to make sure, I know Aaron asked me, but being a coach, being, you know, you have a successful program, what, how, what's the philosophy about tournaments into your mindset uh, going to what's important and showcasing when in time in, in the time is needed as a coach. I'm going to tell you what you said earlier just resonated with what we do at EJ Sports. One is that I'm looking to get as many games as possible in the weekend. If you're in seventh, eighth grade with me, I'm looking at can we get four games that weekend? If we get a fifth one, great. I don't care about the championship game. I don't care who pitches a championship game. I care about that my player has got an opportunity to get on the field feel that moment, play, get get the game back, the defensive innings, the innings, all that stuff, the feel of that. I want that. When you get into the high school part of our program, I think about, hey, here are the good tournaments. You said JLs, USA Baseball Championships. You said Georgia. You're going to get that competition, the PBR down to Southern California and Irvine. Um, you just, you're going to get four. Here's the whole thing. You're going to get seven games minimum in two of those tournaments. In PBR, you're gonna get four minimum. So if you get in the playoffs, you're gonna get eight, nine games, five, six games. That is awesome. That right there in the summer, that's 25, 26 games, and you haven't played a local game yet. Yep. You know? And then on top of that, I believe in playing these local games, playing nine innings, letting guys get repetitions. I let guys hit 10 guys, 11 guys, and that's so I can get guys at bats and get their game stuff, playing double headers and playing playing for four or five hours on the field. What's wrong with that? I no. want that to happen. That's that's helping the players in their training. You know, can a player stay out there five, six hours? You know, that tells me that, hey, a guy can't, well, we need a condition. Hey, maybe you should go see Aaron. Maybe we can get this guy in better shape, maybe better shape mentally and physically. So 
All the things you said just resonated with me. And that's what I look at in our seventh grade, eighth grade program. I look in our high school program, trying to get as many game repetitions. You can't get enough of that. You yeah. got to practice too. See, I believe in practicing, like getting on the field and practice. Practice with your other teammates. Learn how to be a good teammate. Learn to be a good support system. All those things you're going to see in your later future, where you play high school baseball, college baseball, or professional baseball, how you become a good teammate and be supportive, learn how to win, learn how to lose. How do you go through your trials and tribulations? How do you win? How to be high character. You said it earlier, high character person. All of that is what we want to teach our people in, in, in EJ sports is teach them all of that so they can grow and be productive later. The game's going to end one day. But life doesn't end. <laughs> Aaron, the last question for you was, when is it as a good age for them to come in and get that conditioning training? And when do you, what is your philosophy on when we, you know, you're going to scale up where the, where the kid actually, what age do they need to get that so they can be able to be the best with EJ is on the field? Right. Well, you know, I always take each athlete individually. Um, at my facility, I, I take them as young as eight years old. Um, I did take a seven-year-old, but this is what I always say and tell the parents. I say, look, I'll take any, most any athlete if they have the ability to pay attention, take direction, be safe in the gym. Mm -hmm. Those are the three most important things that I need in an athlete to run when I run my facility. Um, Again, I'm not worried about ability. Obviously, the, you, you got it, you know, at seven and eight, they've got some rudimentary functional skills that allow them to be able to do some of the things I want them to do. So that's generally, you know, chronologically, that's kind of where, you know, you, you got to start with them. But um, after that, it's really those other things. And those are, again, those are mental things. Those are emotional things. They're not physical things. Because you can give an athlete what they need and meet them where they're at in their development physically. That's easy to do. But if they're not here, not ready here, it doesn't matter. Okay. And part of, I always say the mind leads the body. So this has to be there mm -hmm. for me. Otherwise it's just exercising. You know? Right. I'm, right. I'm, I train athletes. I don't exercise athletes. Say mm. <laughs> <laughs> that one more time. <laughs> so, you know, that's why it's so important that that approach, that mental approach, where you're at mentally um, is important to me. And I, I forgot the second half of your question. Um, no, the last part was just like, what age do they, you know, need to like, like kind of like, I mean, I know I would just experience it with Nye. It was a different ramp up of certain things. Oh, like, you know, say sometimes you're working out, we're training right. the body. Sometimes we're doing stuff for a certain reason. Like I want you to make, that was very important for him to know I'm training and then I'm now I'm working out for this event, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, I always say there's a, you know, reason for every season. And what I mean by that, um, your training should reflect that. So if you've got, um, if you're just kind of in off-season mode, then that's what your training should reflect. And maybe that's more of a broad-based building kind of foundation uh, that you're doing. But then you also have training that's geared towards specific events, like, you know, showcases. Like, we, we got ready for area code. 
and mm-hmm. that requires a different sort of training it requires different sort of energy and, and mental approach and emotional approach and so you have to be able to because everyone's caught up in work uh, I, I, I work 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 I'm doing the work I'm doing the work but that work needs to look differently based on what you're yeah. trying to accomplish and and so you know there's different rhythms to that there's different speeds there's ebbs and flows all of that has to be considered and you know that's the difference between coming to a professional then okay I'm just gonna get a workout off the website you know <laughs> or I'm just gonna go in the gym and work out because that's generally what happens is you got kids and I'm not faulting those kids I, again I had just had this conversation with the dad yesterday who's gonna bring his kid in he goes like hey look you know my kid you know he works out he's doing all this he's telling me all this stuff I said okay but now he it, it, he, he needs someone to make that make sense right you know and that's where uh, people like me and EJ come in. It's not about doing just doing the work. It has to make sense. And and then that's the knowledge that we bring. Right. You you don't pay me to to do push-ups and bench press and run sprint. You know, you pay me for the knowledge that I have and when to do that, how much to do that, how to do it, how fast to do it, when to stop. And what do you do for, to prepare for that and go beyond that? And that was, that was, yeah, I, I love my questions. I will say another <laughs> shout out for both of you two is that they have, any parents that's watching this, they have trained and worked out and coached many professional athletes in many different realms as well. So if you guys are sleeping, y'all tripping. I can't say the information wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, that was great, man. Like I said, we, we, you know, this is just kind of a glimpse into one of our conversations that we have all the time at the gym at, you know, right. seven, yeah. eight o'clock at night when everyone's left. Right. <laughs> uh, we just put a camera to it today. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, I appreciate you coming out. We're Thank you. definitely have you back because I think you're just, you're a wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. for these parents because you can put it in. Uh, you're looking through a, a, a spectrum that they can that they can you know understand and relate to, and I, I think that's valuable. And you know, mm-hmm. we've Kai's only 11 years old. We've got a lot more to talk about. Yes, uh, as yeah. well as Nye's journey, um, you know, into the upper levels of baseball himself. So I appreciate you taking the time. Now, thank you both for all the things you guys do. Not just not just the podcast, everything. Just thank you. You're welcome. And that's going to take us out today, people. This is Eric Johnson, the brand. And Coach Aaron Thigpen, the source. We'll see you. <laughs>